Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. And here comes episode 273 of the Sports Yak Podcast. Oh, you mean the Joe Montana episode. Joe Montana, whatever happened to that guy? Well, he's doing okay for himself selling Guinness these days, but what he did before that, well, quarterback Notre Dame to a national championship, made himself a legend in the Cotton Bowl with the chicken soup game, went to the NFL as a third-round draft choice and led the San Francisco 49ers to many world championships, closed out his career, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's a pro football Hall of Famer. That's about all he did with his career. As I wiggle my toes in my sketchers, is he credited for the, I'm going to Disneyland? Is he, or was there somebody before him? I don't know if he was the first on that, but certainly he got the chance to say it a lot because when it came to the big games, yeah. he was a big game player. And, you know, that that's funny because that was the reputation at Notre Dame. Dan Devine had him as a third-string quarterback. Why? Because Joe Montana didn't look great in practice, but Joe Montana was superb come game day. Can we name who those other two quarterbacks were back then? uh, Rick Slager was number one, and Gary Forsteck was number two. 1977, the Irish win their opener. They go to Mississippi and lose 20-13. They are struggling at Purdue. And finally, Dan Devine's had enough of Rick Slager, and he puts in Gary Forstek. Gary Forstek gets hurt on, like, the first or second play that he runs. And so Devine really kind of has no choice now but to bring in Montana. And Montana brings the Irish from behind. 
double-digit deficit and brings them from behind to beat the Boilermakers. And the rest of the season, they go on a run, including a famous USC game where they bring in a Trojan horse and come into the field in the green jerseys. And they go on a run. They upset Texas in the Cotton Bowl 38-10, and they win the national championship. You ever stick a microphone in his face? I have not had the opportunity to stick a microphone in his face. However, it was 2003, and Notre Dame is playing USC at the stadium. Joe's son, Nate, I believe at that time was a backup quarterback for the Irish. So he has come to the game, but he has gone up to the top of the press box, the photo deck, to watch the game. For some reason, I was up there too, and it was very unusual for me to be up there, but I was up there too watching the game. And, oh, I think I didn't have a seat in the press box. Press box was so packed that didn't have a seat. And Notre Dame lines up in a formation where they've got a linebacker trying to cover Reggie Bush in pass formation. And they realize it, and or they call a timeout. They come back out in the same formation, and USC says, I can't believe you're this dumb, and they throw a touchdown pass to Reggie Bush. And Joe Montana turns to me and says, does this happen every week around here? And I said, lately... And that was my conversation with Joe Montana. <laughs> uh, as we record this, it is the birthday of one Elvis Aaron Presley. With one A. Let's take one moment to dust off a classic from Chuck Freebie from Channel 16 from back in the day. Suspicious minds think that Elvis still lives. And if he did, I'm sure he would have trekked those 400 pounds and blue suede shoes to Clay High School tonight. Joe Huppenthal's Colonials hope to keep their perfect league mark against Penn. But Brian Kane says, return to sender on this shot. Clay was not phased. They go to Ian Nelson, and the hunk of hunk of burning love goes inside. Then the defense gets Penn caught in a trap. They can't get out. And Mike Miller loves this too much, baby. Clay up by 10. But don't be cruel, Penn fans. Keith Strelecki comes back with a bucket and the bump. And Andrew Laird leads the way with 14 as Penn rallies from 10 down to win by 10, 70 to 60. That aired 22 years ago tonight. Well, that should have won you an award. As most annoying sportscaster? <laughs> no. Good writing. Thank you. Good writing, good delivery. It and was good it was, hair. It was all oh, the hair. The <laughs> hair was the highlight of that. Unfortunately, here on the podcast, you can't necessarily experience the hair, but the hair was terrific. No, those were, you know, sometimes you had to challenge yourself and try to make uh, a mundane Friday night a little more fun. I loved it. Also, a uh, super random note, there's a new podcast platform called Verbal. V-U-R-B-L-E. Why did they misspell it? <laughs> you know. And they grab the podcasts from around the planet. Ours has made the website. Really? Yes. So Sports Yak is on Verbal. What else with Corey Mann? Also on Verbal. You can still get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. 
verbal now in the mix. It must be because of the high quality production values. It certainly has nothing to do with the content. <laughs> I enjoy the graphics. <laughs> I'm sorry, the graphic. Also today, the birthday of the Sports Yak theme song by Rhett Walker. Oh, okay. January 7th, 2020. So we're breaking that one out mm-hmm. again. Oh, we're breaking out everything. Yeah, it's, I know. opens the show, man. Yeah. So there we go. Let's get into sports. Let's start with college basketball last night. Indiana has not won at the Kohl Center or in Madison since 1998. You would think at some point with all those fine IU basketball teams, they would have found a way to beat the Badgers. And so they go up there last night, and everybody expects them to lose because Wisconsin's ranked number eight, and it's Indiana. Well, guess what? The Hoosiers are up four late in the game, and everybody's starting to think, Maybe this will be the year. And then Wisconsin hits a fadeaway on the run with about 11 seconds left. Indiana can't get off the last shot. They go to overtime. They go to double overtime. And the Badgers do it again to the Hoosiers and win 80-73. to I guess the good news for IU coming out of that game is they had more people making a contribution. It wasn't just the Trace Jackson Davis show. Al Durham hit some key shots. But all in all, Indiana had a chance to to really get a win that might kind of give them a little surge, and instead they lose and they're 7-5 and five now. And you know what? The same thing happened to the Notre Dame women last night. I mean, they've got a double-digit lead late. I've got the sports script written. They've won their third in a row. Put the brakes on that. A 16-1 run by Boston College, the worst team in the ACC based on record. And the Eagles come from behind and win it 64-61. So Neil Ivey's team now falls to 5-5 on the year. I was thinking about this this morning, Corey. I mean, okay, last year, Muffet's final year as it turned out, everybody said, okay, well, they, they lost a lot of talent to the WNBA and and Jackie Young left early. You're going to have these blips now and then. It's kind of a lengthy blip. It kind of makes you wonder what what happened with recruiting. How is it that this team is just on the struggle bus right now? Now it's Neil Ivy's first year, and they're they're getting used to her and everything. But that's a game you got to win. Last night, that's the worst team in the ACC. I don't care if you're playing them on the road. You had them down by double digits. You got to put them away. And they didn't. Yeah, you'd look at last year and you'd look at maybe what the recruiting path looked like. Plus, Neil wasn't at Notre Dame. Not last year, but she had been there before. So she would have recruited this current class that's uh, here? Or was, I mean, the, her time in Memphis was, wasn't that? Uh... She didn't recruit the sophomores, but she would have recruited, she had something to do with these some of these freshmen. Okay. And certainly the upperclassmen. Certainly. So okay. it's uh, it's painful to watch, to be honest, because that we just got so used to a, yeah. a quarter century, really, mm-hmm. of highly successful teams uh, where, man, the Final Four was kind of almost an expectation. It's kind of like watching the Chicago Bulls right now. Ooh, yeah, well, certain or the last twenty years. It 
Yeah, I was going to say it's more like watching the Bulls in, say, 99 and 2000. Yes. Because they just got done with that really great run, and then the band breaks up, and it's like, oh, you're not Phil Jackson. You're Tim Floyd. (laughs) Oh, you're not Michael Jordan. You're some guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, A lot of work to be done. yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they'll figure it out. Another team that hopefully they'll figure it out is Purdue. Tonight, they go up to East Lansing and take on Michigan State, a game you can hear on our FM station, 103.1 at 7 o'clock. Matt Painter has done very well over the years against ranked teams. I think he has 50 or 51 wins against ranked teams over his Purdue coaching career. But uh, Sparty seems to have figured it out. Man, they crushed Rutgers the other night, 82-57. to and, of course, anytime you play them at the Breslin Center, I don't care if there's fans there or not, there's just a comfort level for that team there that they don't necessarily always take with them on the road. Tom Izzo and Matt Painter, two of the, two of the best coaches in the Big Ten. That'll be a fun one to keep an eye on tonight. This is your first high school basketball game in 2021? Yes, it is, because nobody played on New Year's Day, nor... Even if they did, we wouldn't have been broadcasting. Um, so last night kind of started the high school basketball weekend. I'll get into our game tonight in a moment. Okay. Uh, but there were some big games in the NIC last night. J.R. Konesny, the young man from St. Joe High School who's committed to the University of Notre Dame, 23 points in the first half. He finished with 35, and St. Joe Blitzkrieg Penn, 74-48. So the Indians, who are ranked ninth in Class 3A, Uh, continue rolling along and staying in contention for the NIC title. Also last night, John Glenn is now 7-0. The Falcons go on the road, and they beat a good New Prairie team by four. And John Glenn's got another challenge tonight. they got to turn around and play Triton, who only has one loss so far. So they're kind of going back through their old Northern State Conference opponents. John Glenn has an interesting blend of youth and experience, uh, they've got a sophomore named Bryson Hanna. He's the son of the coach, Travis Hanna. So he's kind of the big fella inside. And then they got uh, Carter Jun, who is a, uh, a nice player, and Silas Drake, who is a very good defensive player. So they've, they've got a couple of guys there with experience, and they're a team to keep an eye on in Class 3A. And they're, they're making some noise in the NIC. So, too, is Bremen. Bremen got an overtime win last night at South Bend, Washington, 52-48. So I think we mentioned this maybe on the last show, but the Bremen coach, Matt Miller, already has wins over Gordon Mawson with 450 victories, the Edison family, Michael and Jack, and then Al Rhodes on Tuesday night. So uh, Bremen's having quite the year, and a lot of people expected them to be pretty good this year. Their junior class is solid. We we could be seeing Bremen on the 46th game of the week in a couple of weeks. We shall see. But anyway, tonight, um, so I mentioned J.R. Konesny, the Notre Dame recruit. We see another Notre Dame recruit tonight, and that is Blake Wesley. He is averaging almost 33 points a game. His Riley team is 6-3. and three. They give a visit from a very balanced Elkhart team, an Elkhart team that has lost a couple in a row, did not look good Tuesday night against Mishawaka. We'll see if Kyle Sears can get his team's attention and get them refocused 
as they come over to Algie Oldham Gym. We'll have the live stream for you on Facebook, YouTube, and the Champions Network right around 7.30 or so. And then on TV 46 tonight, 11 tomorrow morning at 9. But I know a lot of people are interested in, in seeing Blake Wesley play. I went over to practice on Wednesday and watched them. One thing I can tell you, he has been in the weight room. He has done some strength and conditioning. Uh, he is a much more solidly built young man than he was before, but it hasn't taken away from his agility, and it has improved his leaping ability. He can just jump right out of the gym. I know the one thing that you don't like about him, Corey, is the short shorts. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the <laughs> this trend. I don't, I don't like... Uh... No, I don't like it. That, I don't like it because my son's kind of starting to wear them. It's like, come on, man. That's the man. They were even shorter than that back in the '60s and '70s. That's what I'm see, afraid of. Yeah, exactly. When you see some of those basketball outfits, you're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the Fab Five came along, and that that changed the whole yes shorts wearing for basketball, but. Blake Wesley on TV 46 tonight. The other big game tonight in the area is over at Mishawaka Marion. Uh, Marion is ranked number 6 in 3A. Adams is ranked number 7 in 4A, and they go head-to-head. Adams is undefeated on the season, very well balanced. Lynn King leads them in scoring, but close behind are Braden Saxton and Quintez Columbus. And they've also been very good defensively. They have not allowed an opponent over 60 points. Neither have the Marion Knights. Well, in their one loss, they did. They lost to Riley. But everybody else, they've been able to keep under 60. So should be a defensive struggle tonight at Demetrius Jackson Court. We mentioned John Glenn and Triton tonight. Uh, Some other games to keep an eye on. In the Northern Lakes Conference, Northridge finally gets to play its conference opener. The Raiders are a bunch of snipers. They're sixth in the state in three-point shooting. They go down to the Tiger Den, take on Jackson Gould and the Warsaw Tigers. Let's talk some football. Well, where do you want to start? Let's start, I'll tell you where to start. Let's start with high school football because the Michigan High School Football (laughs) Tournament finally gets to resume tomorrow. This was stopped in November, I believe the second week of November, and here we are in the second week of January, a two-month hiatus, and we'll see how teams have been able to stay in shape, how they've been able to try to stay sharp, because all of a sudden now you've got more hardware on the line in your first game back. So Edwardsburg is at home tomorrow night at Leo Hoffman Field. 250 fans will be allowed in, 125 on each side, to see Grand Rapids South Christian take on Kevin Bartz's Eddies. And then in the afternoon in Constantine, they are at home as well. I don't remember the opponent off the top of my head, but good luck to the Falcons of Constantine and the Eddies of Edwardsburg as they resume high school regional. I, I think that's just going to be fascinating to keep an eye on to see you know, what kind of upsets there are. Your alma mater, Lakeshore, decided we, Out. we just can't do this we we had too many families going too many different directions and covid concerns and all that so they pulled out of the tournament after winning the district championship which interesting but i can appreciate the thought behind it i mean families make plans at christmas time and at new year's and coming back and trying to get ready for a football game on january 9th tough to do yeah and uh, dear Edwardsburg and Constantine, if you think it's cold when you play, 
I believe it was either last year or the year before, we were playing around with 32 below in South Bend. Do you remember that? It was cold. Well, the wind chill was, yeah. I don't think they're going to really have that much of a complaint about the temperature. And the good news for both of those teams being down here towards the state line, they really haven't had that much snow to deal with on the field. Okay. Now, I posted a picture yesterday from East Lansing and what their team, they basically asked the lacrosse team and the baseball teams to help them out, and they came out and shoveled the field at East Lansing. And there's a picture of a nice rim of snow surrounding the field at East Lansing. But I guess at least the kids are getting to play. It just makes you wonder, okay, what's what's basketball season going to look like? Right. You know, because normally that's well underway in Michigan by now. We're normally in the second month of the season. It hasn't even started yet because we haven't done the fall sports tournaments. Uh, What's baseball and softball going to look like? There are ripple effects of this that we don't know the answers to right now. Does that have an opportunity for you to extend your TV season? My wife, uh, ironically, asked me about that last night. But here's here's the problem. Let me let me tell you a little bit how the sausage is made here. Okay. Okay. So when we do a football season, that's that's normally within the parameters of a certain time period. And you get season sponsors. Um, and we've had some great ones over the years. TCU, Imagineering, Jordan, whatever. And and honestly, they don't really care whether we go to Indiana or Michigan and do games. Um, so if it happened within those confines, that's fine. And you might say, well, you could slide it in with your basketball sponsors. And and maybe we could have, but you kind of come out and you you have a set number of games that you're going to do, mm-hmm. and the sponsorship is kind of based on that. Well, now if I throw in this extra game here, typically if I go into a game, I know that I've got sponsors behind it, and that's going to cover my costs. And plus the deal that we have with the IHSAA, because we help them out by carrying the state finals up here, we don't have to pay for tournament broadcasts. Okay. Well, in Michigan, we would have to pay for a tournament broadcast, a sizable fee. Okay. And then we would have to come up with enough sponsors to not only cover the costs of our crew that we take out there, but whatever we're replacing on the air to run this game. The other thing is, okay, Edwardsburg's game is on a Saturday night at 7. So am I going to run this game Saturday night at 11 and bleed it into 2 o'clock Sunday morning? Gotcha. You know, you have you have to weigh cost versus audience. And I'm not sure the audience would be there mm-hmm. for this. Don't think that it didn't cross my mind. It did. But you kind of have to sit down sometimes and make some bottom line decisions. Because I hate to tell people this. We're a business, not a charity. <laughs> okay. I'm glad someone's thinking that through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's move into college football. How about that? Uh, Devontae Smith continues to rack up awards. Last night, he got the Maxwell Trophy, uh, the Walter Camp Foundation Trophy for Player of the Year, and the Blitnikoff Award for the top receiver in college football. Alabama took home a bonanza from the college football award show. 
And now the question is, will they take home a bonanza from the national championship game? There's been some talk that the Big Ten has been trying to put some pressure on the college football playoff committee to delay this game until January 18th because of COVID concerns within the Buckeye program. To the best of my knowledge, it's just talk, and the game will still be played on Monday. And I think we filled you in on the last Sports Jack episode. Uh, the reaction that kind of talk got from at least Nick Saban's daughter, who basically came out and said, no, you're just trying to let your quarterback's ribs heal. Uh, I have no doubt that Justin Fields will play in this game, whether it's this Monday or a week from Monday. And I, I still think that the game will be played. How much of that has to deal with television money and concerns like that? I'm not sure. I, I think ESPN would be pretty flexible of moving it to the 18th. I'm not sure that they they really care that much. But I also think there's some thought that they want to try to get this done on time so that college football can kind of trumpet, hey, look, we made it through the season yes, and, and did this uh, the way we had hoped to. I, I The little feather in my hat is, hey, Ohio State, you played six games. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not giving you any more than we already have. You're, right. You're going to play on Monday. And uh, apparently it's, uh, it's something with Ohio teams because the Cleveland Browns, we talked about this, they have a similar situation. Their head coach and many of their assistants have been sidelined due to COVID along with some players. Uh, in fact, their facility was shut down for a couple days this week, but they are still expected to play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night in the final AFC wildcard game. Wildcard playoffs are this week in the NFL. This will be the first year, Corey, that we have had triple headers on Saturday and Sunday. They expanded the playoff field this year. Uh, to help sweeten the deal for the players because if you make the playoffs, typically you make more money. So in order to sweeten the deals for the players, they expanded the playoffs from six teams in each conference to seven. Well, lo and behold, who are the seven seeds in the AFC and the NFC? The Indianapolis Colts and the Chicago Bears. So thank you, NFL, for that playoff expansion, or it might be very dull around here. Uh, the Colts play the first of the playoff games. They play tomorrow against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have been the hottest team in football. If you asked me, as our buddy Ken did yesterday in the studio, who do you think's going to the Super Bowl? I would say the Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers. Hmm. And Buffalo is playing great. They've got a couple of home games. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Buffalo tends to get cold. This time of year. And uh, Indianapolis, of course, plays most of its games indoors. I think that could be a factor. Uh, Phillip Rivers, I, I think he's a good quarterback. He's never taken a team to a Super Bowl, and I don't see that change in here. So I would look for the Bills to beat the Colts tomorrow. I just think that Colts defense will get overwhelmed with the amount of talent that they're facing from Buffalo. Let's move on to the second game tomorrow, and that's the Rams and the Seahawks. Russell Wilson having a great year for Seattle. 
They're playing at home. They go against a very good Rams defense, but the question for the Rams is, will Jared Goff be ready to go at quarterback? I think he will, coming off that broken thumb. That will help the Rams, whether it helps them enough to beat the Seahawks at home. I don't know. I realize the crowd isn't there, but there's a comfort level when you're playing in your own facility. And Seattle's been very good all year. I would favor the home team, the Seahawks, in that one. And then the final game tomorrow has Tampa Bay going to Washington. Washington only won because somebody from the NFC East had to go, and they wound up being the first-place team. But they're not going to last long against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Buccaneers win that one on the road. Sunday, you've got Baltimore at Tennessee. This, to me, may be the most competitive of the games. Tennessee has a terrific offense. Derrick Henry, the running back that just runs over everybody. Ryan Tannehill's had a nice year at quarterback. But their defense is awful. Baltimore, meanwhile, pretty consistent team. They've got a dynamic player in Lamar Jackson. Gosh, it seems like he's been in the league for eight years. He just turned 24 yesterday. And a pretty good defense. I would not be surprised. In fact, the Ravens are favored in this one. I'll take the Ravens on the road at Tennessee. The second game on Sunday has Corey, your Chicago Bears, and Mitchell J. Trubisky taking on Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints down in the Superdome. As a Bears fan, on a confidence level of 1 to 10, where is your confidence? When I don't watch, they win. So you will be blindfolded. (laughs) I I may be elsewhere to see how this one pans out. But where is your confidence in their winning? Not uh, if it was if it was another team, I would have some thoughts. Not not a three, a three, a three. I was going to go with a negative three. A negative. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I now Bob Nagel told me the Bears are winning this one. Anything's possible in the NFL, but I just don't see that happening, not after watching them last week. And the final game on Sunday is Cincinnati, or Cleveland at Pittsburgh. With all the COVID problems for Cleveland right now, I realize Pittsburgh has really struggled down the stretch, but they didn't play their starters last week. I think with a week's rest and really coming out fired up for the playoffs, the Steelers will win at home over the COVID-riddled Browns. Big trade in baseball yesterday, by the way, Corey. Speaking of Cleveland, the Indians send Francisco Lindor, who is kind of the Javi Baez of the American League, and Carlos Carrasco, terrific pitcher. Think of somebody on a, uh, maybe not quite a U Darvish level, but in, in that ilk. And they send them to the Mets for a couple of infielders you've never heard of and a couple of minor leaguers. And you may say, well, why would Cleveland make such a one-sided deal like that? Because it's a $31.5 million salary dump. And the Cleveland Indians have gone in four years from a payroll of $143 million to a payroll of $21 million. Wow. Wow. There are players in Major League Baseball who will earn more than the entire Cleveland Indians team. (laughs) Let me put it this way. Folks, go get the movie Major League off the shelf. That's the kind of team that the Indians are putting together (laughs) for 2021. Oh, boy. All right. We've made it to the end, Chuck Freeby. Now, overrated, underrated. 
I didn't have one coming into this episode, but you said something during our program yesterday. Uh, today. You said something today that made me go, all right, I'll ask if he doesn't have something. Okay. I have one that I mentioned on our radio show yesterday, and that is Mr. Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. Overrated or underrated? Underrated. I agree. Underrated. I think, uh, Kenny, this is it. This is your moment right here. I, I think underrated, again, length of career has a factor in there. Yes. And over that length of career, especially in the 70s and 80s, was really able, not only with the hits that he performed on, mm -hmm. but the hits that he wrote on that he doesn't get enough credit for. What's his peak? What's his... What was his uh, the the highest moment of the career? Well, I mean, the song that both you and I mentioned yesterday was "This Is It." This is it, which is right around nineteen seventy eight or so. I'm all right from Caddyshack. I'm all, well, that certainly boosted his career too. Danger Zone from he, Top Gun. He had uh, he had a hit with Jody Messina. Your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. Uh, that's pretty good too so i mean right there you've got four that stand the test of time let's uh let's go to spotify which does a real time where the streaming numbers are okay that, that's always helpful let me get that in front of me and he was part of the nitty-gritty dirt band you remember that uh i do so take me through kenny's top five in it number five Whenever I call you friend, ah. nine million. Whenever I call, yeah, okay. Yeah. Unit number four. This is it. Yes. Make no mistakes where you are. Unit number three. Meet me halfway. Okay. Ballad from the over the top soundtrack. Mm -hmm. I always thought Kramer versus Kramer was the best divorce movie, but it missed one thing: arm wrestling. <laughs> Thank you, Over the Top, with Sylvester Stallone. In at number two, Danger Zone at 208 million streams wow. from Top Gun. And we didn't even mention this in our last two minutes. Number one, 442 million streams. Of course, it's Footloose. Well, yeah. Everybody cut Footloose. I mean, dude's had a career. He has. So I'm going to say underrated. I'm all right. Celebrate me home. Welcome to Pooh Corner. Come on. <laughs> did you know he got married in the nude? No, I did not. In the middle of the woods, completely naked, he and his wife. <laughs> I, I hope Mrs. Loggins wasn't playing overrated, underrated hey, at that hey, point. Hey, hey, Chuck, baby. <laughs> We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts. We're on this new verbal. Now, you had one you had said you were going to bring to the table. Oh, you want it? Yeah. Wisconsin. The state? No, the team. Are they, when it's time for them to come up on a schedule for football or basketball, is Wisconsin still a big deal? Is it not a big deal? Am I thinking too much about them? Or is it like, bah, it's Wisconsin? I think on the national scheme, overrated. I think certainly within the past year, overrated here's here's the problem i have with wisconsin they're just not fun to watch not fun to watch they're not a fun 
you know what you're going to get. Wisconsin football, they're going to have this massive offensive line. They're going to have a huge running back. Think Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. And they're just going to pound the ball at you. They are they are 1960s and 70s Big Ten football played in the 2020 season. Okay. And then basketball, there's there's no there there. There's nothing. Was there ever? Their personality has always been the plotting, slow offensive, beat you with defense kind of team. Which, I mean, it's worked, although it's never won them a national championship. Mm-hmm. Gotten to a Final Four once. That's about it. It's Wisconsin. I'm sorry, Craig Wallen. I know you love Wisconsin. I'm sorry, Mike Planey, next door neighbor. I know you love Wisconsin. I'm sorry to my relatives that live up there. But no, no, <laughs> no. I love all the apologies. I'm sorry, Mom. I know you were born there. But <laughs> when we're talking about University of Wisconsin teams, I can't. Little unknown Kenny Loggins song. Not not the big top ten stream, but I'm free. Heaven helps the man from the Footloose soundtrack. Now it's interesting. In a song where or in a show where we started with Elvis Presley. Yes. You've just seemingly become infatuated here with, with Kenny, Kenny Loggins. It's one of those where I've kind of forgot what all he did, you know? Yeah. What all he's done. And P.S. He's still alive. Unlike Elvis. Who is we indeed don't know dead. That. He's, de- he's dead, Chuck Freebie. He's dead. You're on Twitter, right? I am at 46 Sports. I'll see you at My Name is Corey. Have a great weekend. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Joe Montana. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.